0: Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life, conversations about life's ups and downs, big and small, how we deal with every situation imaginable, whatever life throws at us, but still manage to be sensible, practical, and joyful. Today's show is Catholic Identity, a conversation about what makes an organization Catholic, those who call themselves Catholic, and what they need to do in order to be catholic i'm your host peter holmes and today i'm joined by ryan Galliott, or box as he's known around yes. these places <laughs> welcome back box it's been too Thank long you. it's been a while yeah <laughs> it has uh let's get right into it we should give some background on the topic there are a number of organizations around the traps you only have to look in the old phone book or look up on the internet and type catholic in and you get lots and lots of agencies schools hospitals Educational institutions who call themselves Catholic, hmm. so they like to use the name Catholic clearly because it's still out there. What What are the benefits and drawbacks of do you reckon of calling yourself Catholic? Well, I mean, there is a connection
1: to a larger community, right? The right. Catholic community and and the the core, I guess, precepts and and things values that they stand for, right? Um, and so identifying with that sort of. Uh, Already proclaims uh, a mission statement, or yeah. a basis of a mission statement, I guess.
0: Right. So there's an assumption there that they share values, that they have a mm. certain kind of thing, that they're promoting something that we agree with. Now, right. I have to be has to be said that while in the past it might might have been a social advantage and perhaps even a business advantage to use the name Catholic, not everyone likes Catholics these days. Nope. No, nope. <laughs> it's understating
1: it, Peter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you we get lots of hate mail with regards to um, oh. this podcast just because we've got the name Catholic in it. Mm. Uh, I have. It has to be said, though, that all the hate mail we get uh, comes from people who haven't listened to a single minute of the right. uh, podcast. <laughs> it comes from them reacting to the name Catholic. Mm. So the benefits, you might think the benefits these days are not as big as they used to be. But when you think back, it wasn't that long ago, it's still within living memory of some people that I know, that there used to be advertisements in the newspaper, Catholics need not apply. Um, Uh As in there was uh, such a profound anti-Catholic prejudice that you couldn't even go for some jobs. You couldn't even Mm -hmm. put your hand up for some jobs because people just wouldn't have you. And so calling yourself Catholic very definitely would have prejudiced some people against you back then. So I don't know if we're in a new situation. I just think the prejudice is now expressed in a different way.
1: Well, I think if if I may, that there, there was one event in fairly recent memory that uh, sort of proves a counterpoint, which is uh, World Youth Day when it came to Sydney. Yes, I remember there was a lot of uh, negative negativity towards it when uh, before it hit. Yes. And some of then, it from Catholics, <laughs> yes, yeah, some of it from Catholics, and then uh, I think it was the Tuesday, the, the Tuesday of the World Youth Day week. There was already a very quick turnaround in public opinion about World Youth Day.
0: Yeah, well, once it got here, I think people were pretty impressed that it was so big and so well organised, and and as I said to one local, it's great to see so many very happy young people around. It's such mm. a joy to have them around. And that's been the experience of many uh cities that have had World Youth Day. Mm. But it was interesting in the lead up to it, most people were worried about how much it would cost, that nobody yeah. would want it and all kinds of things. And thankfully most of those detractors have now changed their mind. Mm. Coming, I mean World Youth Day is a fairly big example of something yes. being called Catholic. And it was very Catholic icons and statues and mm. stuff all over the city of Sydney. Very in your face. Yeah. Very much. <laughs> And and yet people took it very well. So it yes. goes to show that the attitude and the behaviour of the young people had a big influence on the fact that they were tolerating some of these other weirdo things that Catholics were doing in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's come back to that then. What, what are the rules about calling yourself Catholic? Well, if the Pope shows up, you probably get to call yourself Catholic, so World Youth Day <laughs> gets a tick for that one. <laughs> It's a good but point. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you, you know, if you're starting a school or, or if you know you've got an organisation, I worked for um, an archdiocesan agency, um, Catholic adult education, and we called ourselves Catholic because we were an official representative body of the archdiocese of Sydney. Mm. And you also, you've worked in several different uh, jobs, all of which were in some way connected to the archdiocese in some way. Yeah. So, yeah. in that case, we're directly uh connected to and answerable to the archdiocese of sydney and therefore the archbishop Hmm. but there are still plenty of other people out there calling themselves catholic
1: there are there are indeed and i think one of the things about that is a lot of people as as we spoke about before as we mentioned before it's that sort of linking to this identity and the problem is whether our identity as a community or group matches
0: with that. Right. Now, can you be a bit more explicit about that? So, for example, we've got schools, we've got hospitals, we've got media mm. organizations, etc. Well,
1: one thing I've encountered, and as you know, I've worked in many different capacities uh, in the church, one thing that, that's thrown about a lot is, oh, but we're a business, right. or oh, but we're this or that. Mm. And admittedly, it's, it's, it's never easy saying that you're a, a, that particular business, but also a Catholic. right business of that type um so why isn't it easy well i, I think and and uh, that while you get the privileges and the uh the community of catholicism when you say that you're catholic that it also calls you to a right. particular way of living or a particular standard
0: right um now, when you say standard, does that mean the quality of your goods has to be of a standard or is it about your, the way you conduct business or the way you treat your employees or? I think it's, it's,
1: called, it, it's across the board. Um, there has to be an integrity. There right. has to be a charity um, to how you conduct business and, and how you conduct interpersonal relationships. Yep. And there has to
0: be a hopefulness as well to it. Because we are a people of hope. We are. I mean, with with respect, calling ourselves a people of hope is a little bit vague. Yes, (laughs) it is. While we are a people Mm. of hope, there's still some very practical, pragmatic things that need to uh, happen in order to be Catholic. So Mm. calling Mm. ourselves Catholic means that our business needs to represent the name Catholic well, or at least not sully the name. So, for example, I know of at least two businesses in Sydney who have been asked to change their practices by the Archbishop uh, over you know, the last two decades or so mm. because they were using the name Catholic and something they were doing with that name wasn't in keeping with the way Catholics work. So one involved uh, gambling um, rules mm. and the other one uh, was to do with what they were actually promoting. And ah, so- okay. Firstly, the product we can't call something Catholic and then do something immoral, yes, exploitative or um, false. You know, using false information or or telling lies. Hence, why, by the way, if anyone's listening to this, hence why it's so scandalous when we find out that someone who claims to be Catholic is telling a lie. Not just Mm. that lies are bad, but that they are representing Catholicism when they speak, and that and that means it's a doubly bad thing. Hmm. Um, when someone tells a lie, but also how they treat their employees has to come into this. Yes. I think there's definitely an element there, uh, and it, it's reflected
1: in our own lives as, as individual Catholics, that we go to confession and we try to do better when we've fallen. Yep. And, and, and so we, I think part of that is the atmosphere and the community of perseverance and trying. So there are times when things will happen. Uh, but the ability for the for the community or the business to turn around and say, "Look, we've made a mistake. How can yeah. we do better?"
0: Well, that, that's that's both as an institution, but also internally. So, you, for mm. example, you you mentioned confession, and absolution. There, that's a very important part of an understanding of a Catholic world. We're not claiming to be perfect. No, we're not claiming to always get it right. We're not claiming to be the perfect workplace or the perfect business or anything. What we're claiming to do is people who are accountable. both to uh, each other but also to god and that we conduct ourselves with that in view and that when we make a mistake we go righto we stuffed it up but in a catholic organization there is a certain level of forgiveness Mm. um where we say okay we're not going to crucify you for the smallest mistake um Mm. but that actions have consequences which is what penance is about, but, pen, the, but yeah. the consequences are always redemptive, that they're always leading us back to a restoration of community, a restoration of trust, a restoration of mm. the goodness that we, we strove for in the first place. Mm. So it's a, being Catholic means that we treat each other with the dignity and respect that comes from acknowledging that each person is made in the image of God. Each person has their own flourishing and dignity. So I've
1: got a few friends who are lawyers and we, we play games together. We, uh, catch up regularly, virtually, uh, right. to, to play games and chat, uh, a few Catholic mates and I, and one of the things that's come up often, we, we discuss topics like this, uh, one of the topics that come up often is the fact that businesses, uh, and, and corporations are legally considered single entities. Right. And reflecting on uh, on what that means if I, as a single entity myself, and how that sort of microcosm and macrocosm kind of view of okay. it reflects on the thought of Catholic identity as a business. yeah, because because
0: the business is made up of many people, mm. but each one of those individuals, when they're wearing the company badge and even if even if they're off duty and people know that they work for the company, they still mm. reflect those company values. Yes. It's worth mentioning that many Catholic organisations, they just simply can't uh, discriminate against uh, non-Catholics in jobs that don't specifically mm. require you to be Catholic. So, for example, no. some, certain roles like teaching roles, pastoral roles obviously have to be set aside for people who share the, the, the convictions and the passion for the, tri- for the Catholic faith. But, you know, the gardener doesn't need to be a practising Catholic in order to be a good gardener. And we were talking about before we come to this recording box. We were talking about artists. An artist doesn't necessarily have to be a devout Catholic in order to paint excellent art. Yes, there's all kinds of things that can be done in 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 an organization, deliveries, um, functions, you know, administrative functions. All kinds of Mm. things that can be done very well uh, by non-Catholics. And so Catholic organizations have uh, attempted to talk about um, Catholic identity and Catholic yeah. values in their organization but don't necessarily insist that their employees are Catholic. That's That's right. all very That's right. true and valid. Mm. The question comes when how far do you water that down and how yeah. far does it get to the point where we talk about Catholic values because there's a plaque on the wall but everyone here doesn't actually believe it and we're just going to do our business. That's right. You sort of dilute the identity mm. in favour of those in the organisation that aren't Catholic themselves. Yeah, and who, um, who, who answers to whom with respect to are we living this? Are we living up to this standard? Do we even understand what this standard is? And that, that was the point that I came across a number of times in various organisations I've come across um, where I've asked the question about Catholic identity just as a matter of interest. And I couldn't find anyone, right up to the CEO, who was able to express coherently what a Catholic, what it meant to be a Catholic organisation. Yeah, they, they used all these examples, like you said, "Oh, we're a people of joy," and I, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that <it> mean? <laughs> How does that practically? <laughs> or we, we follow Catholic values. Can you name any yeah. of those values? What are they? <laughs> That's right. What are they? Yeah. In, in other words, it was a kind of a nominal thing that, that they hmm. didn't actually understand. Now, in other cases. People have very, very strong ideas about what Catholic means, uh, which don't necessarily agree with the Catechism, mm. or, or perhaps, and this is this is something that's quite dangerous. Not so much here in Australia, but I've seen it very much in other countries at the moment. Some Catholic organisations very strongly p- claiming to be promoting Catholic values do so in a way that is derisive and derogatory and nasty, which don't reflect Mm. Catholic understanding of the dignity and respect for other human beings. Well, this actually brings me back to another conversation I had
1: not too long ago about uh, a type of elitism that happens even in in any community, but um, amongst Catholics it's definitely there. And I think the Pope... Uh, sometime last year wrote about it, talking about this intellectual elitism that happens. And sometimes whether it's from truth or just pride of, you know, pushing your own aden- agenda. Uh, yeah, I think it's something he was dignifying definitely...
0: it with a, with a term, if he called it intellectual elitism. i am not, not seen much intellectual about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it happens in, in almost every group or community. Yep. Uh, it's one of the things that, Really creates that schism, and I think is one of the things to really first look out for.
0: Yeah, well, let's use an analogy. When I played cricket, there's always one or two guys on the cricket team who have the whitest clothes, who you know insist you watch wash them with you know I don't know some wonder bleach or something every week, who absolutely insist on rubbing the ball a certain way, and you have Mm. to walk in a certain way, and they were very they were purists basically. Now we all giggled at them and and you know used it to tease them a little bit but we you know you learned a little bit more about cricket from looking at their habits mm. what would be a problem is if the the captain and a few others in the team absolutely insisted that we all slavishly followed these things or we get kicked out of the team mm. that that becomes an issue um yeah. it's it's one thing to look at an ideal or perhaps someone who's very very good at you know putting strict requirements on things as a oh that's interesting that's taught us something it's quite mm-hmm. something else to say this is the the baseline standard you must be this fanatical otherwise you're out yeah yeah and it's, it's
1: something I, I mean it it's happened all through history but especially in recent history it's 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 become quite a thing of, of gatekeeping Right. Uh you know you must do A B and C otherwise you're not a true fan or right. A B and C otherwise you're not truly a uh, catholic you
0: know um yeah. Have you been kicked out of the a, a Reddit community Ryan <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not saying anything <laughs> <laughs> Well yes I mean I'm guilty of that too. I think I think we've had some conversations with our producer about whiskey and I, and when I said, "Oh, well, single malt whiskey or you or you're not in it." And anyway, it was probably elitist in that respect and um I think as long as it's on the on the um the level of joking around with friends yeah. and and it's it's not excluding people from a, yeah. uh enjoyment of something, that's one thing. But in in terms of a Catholic identity, a lot of people get confused when they see someone an organization or someone who's using the name Catholic claiming to represent Catholicism mm. and they seem to be speaking directly against the Catholic faith or against mm. something the pope's just said or against, you know, the authority the archbishop of Sydney and you think, well hang on, what what makes something Catholic if it's not yeah. in line with the archbishop of Sydney, the pope, the, what the catechism says? And there there are those Core and and I'm I'm
1: loath to use the word values, but for lack of a better word in my head at the moment, there are certain core values, so core principles. I should probably say that's a better word that uh, that we adhere to because those are unchanging, right? The capital T traditions, so to speak. Yeah, the um, objective truths. Yeah, objective truths, and I think that is definitely something that comes across in how one lives their lives. Uh, and something that should be reflected, um, as as we've spoken about briefly before, I mentioned it when Tolkien was writing the the story of, you know, Middle Earth, in in any of the novels, it wasn't so much that he wanted to make it Catholic; it's that he, his Catholicism infused the work, right, with his uh, with the ideals and the, and the beliefs that he held, and I think that's something that happens with any organisation if. Uh, there are people there who adhere to those values to those sorry those principles
0: Um. (laughs) (laughs) yes yes principles come from outside of us values are something we we value literally it's a a passive sort of thing in terms of um catholic organizations though let's come back to how they operate being reflected in their organization so if Mm. you come to a catholic business or perhaps a Catholic who owns and runs a business or even a businessman within an organisation, what you should expect is honesty. What -hmm. you should expect is hard work. They're not a pushover. They're not a charity necessarily. They might be charitable in the way they go about their work. Mm -hmm. But as you said, it's still a business. Mm -hmm. But in the way they conduct their business, they would be scrupulously fair, provide you with the best product that they can within the resources they have, and that they... Uh, do so in a way which does not exploit other people.
1: Mm. Maintain integrity.
0: That's um, a good way of putting it.
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, mean that integrity of, of truth
0: and personhood and, and what it is to be. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, it, the lack of exploitation is one of the reasons, for example, that the Sydney Archdiocese um, has the anti-slavery task force. And one of the mm. first things the anti-slavery task force did was make sure that our own supply lines were not using exploitative um sources yeah which i'm very grateful we've already had uh john mccarthy on the, the podcast and talk to him about that but i encourage anyone who's listening go and check out the anti-slavery task force um website attached to the archdiocese here and it's got a list of sources and products which will help us all as catholics live out that particular ideal I have to say, though, my experience working in, in various Catholic organizations and some Lutheran ones and some Baptist ones <laughs> um, is that, you know, human beings aren't perfect um, mm. and that, you know, you, you have all the same frictions and silliness that goes on in any organization. That's right. uh, the question isn't whether that happens, but how we actually deal with it. How, mm. how is it resolved? What ideals do we strive for? What do we hold ourselves up to? That's right. I remember having a discussion with someone in the diocese about whether we should keep a human resources department because that was anti-Catholic. <laughs> and I basically said, well, we have to call it that because uh, that's what everybody else calls it. And um, It is one of those areas of of
1: that handshaking between I guess secular life and, and, and our Catholic living. Uh, just as you s- said before about People working in Catholic industry and and businesses that aren't necessarily Catholic themselves,
0: Mm.
1: and we're meant to. I mean, I would not. I I generally wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't work for an uh, organisation that's Catholic if they didn't have people there that working uh, working there that weren't Catholic themselves, because I think we're meant to have that immersion in the world and with people of the world. Uh, We're not meant to be just separate for the sake of being separate mm. you know not, we hold ourselves yeah we hold ourselves apart for god so that we can bring the message to those we encounter and so what happens is uh, as you know in in so many communities you would have experienced peter when when people do that they forget how
0: to speak to people out there in the world they I mean, forget how they're to. stuck in an enclave and they only talk to catholics they <laughs> they forget that they're talking in the catholic language and nobody can understand what they're talking about <laughs>
1: that's right that's right there's so many times in conversations uh, even at university sometimes or some other other groups uh having worked in some of those places that i've had to define things for people that weren't catholic themselves yeah
0: i'm afraid yeah. i still have um I, I used to joke with my friends that i speak uh, Protestant and Catholic because I'm in the <laughs> Protestant world. And so when, when Catholics use that particular language that they think everyone understands, I, I have a little giggle to myself about um, uh, the Protestants who are listening in or the you know, people who are not Catholic or Christian at all listening in going, what? What What does that even mean? <laughs> or they think of something different.
1: Mm.
0: But you're right, having friends who aren't Catholic um actually refines us as catholics Mm. it makes us i think makes us better catholics because we have to rethink uh everything we're talking about everything we're doing and we know that we are accountable for it that we actually do represent something it matters that we we call ourselves catholic even if we're in a non-catholic organization as the sole catholic in that place we still represent something Mm. so calling ourselves catholic is is an important aspect of um, being christ-like to bringing christ into that workplace
1: yeah well there's a there's an old uh, saying that someone told me a long time ago which is you show mastery in a thing when you can explain it to a 10 year old
0: and they can understand it martin luther said that (laughs) oh right okay well he said (laughs) he said basically you uh, any idiot can explain a complicated thing Mm. takes a genius to explain it to a very simple person
1: right yeah so it's one of those things that I've tried to carry in how I also speak about our faith when out there and even at, at, at work to people without assuming that they're Catholic, hmm. yeah, try, yeah, so that they can understand what I'm doing and, and why.
0: I'd like to finish this, if I, if I could, on this point, in that is that I don't believe that Catholic identity, Catholic values that we've talked about here are prohibitive or inhibitive of business. Mm, I think right. if you are an honest businessman, you get a reputation for being honest and therefore you'd get more long-lasting clients. Mm. If you have a reputation for producing good quality goods uh, in an honest way, with an, uh, within an honest timetable and scrupulously fair in the way you do it, then you're going to get a clientele who respect you for that and you, you know people will go there for that because that's worth the money. Mm. Following Catholic values is not just a way to get into the catholic world it's actually a way to flourish as individuals and as businesses that's right and if you treat your employees with that kind of dignity as if they are made in the image of god whatever they happen to believe at this point and you treat them with that respect and dignity then you get the best out of them they want to work for you so Mm -hmm. yeah it's all good value that's probably enough for this week's podcast if today's discussion got you thinking arguing Uh, maybe with your boss, let us know. Join us in the discussion on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Discord. Write us a review on iTunes. We're a uniquely Australian Catholic podcast, and we think that's an idea worth getting behind. Bring your friends in, tell them about the podcast, and ask them some questions too. We'll be back next week, though. That's all for now. Thank you for listening to This Catholic Life.